Good morning, everyone. Okay, so, yeah, I had something that I've been not just thinking about, but engaging on the interwebs about. Facebook is a great way to waste time, but also occasionally a good way to, um, to, to see discussions that need to be had and engage in, in good, good conversations. A lot of times, internet conversations wind up a cat fight, and it's better to just move on with your life. But there are opportunities, nevertheless, to speak the truth. Um, so what I really want to talk about today is the, the failure or the danger of social media discipleship. The Amen. catalyst for this was my interaction on Facebook. I saw a something had been shared, and I'm going to be speaking in broad terms because it's about abuse, basically. But the the it was shared from the page to something like "Hope and Healing for Hurting Wives," the title of the page. And the thing that was shared is a bunch of, um, you know, little write up, and then a bunch of little pictures of like text, you know. What do you want to call it? Bullet points. Little bullet points. And these things are all classified under the term of, I'm going to change the term for little ears, but basically abuse within marriage. And they've got all these little things listed. And the point of the post is, wives, you don't have to just accept this. You can, you have recourse. And then at the end of the post, it says, if any of these things are happening to you, call your local domestic abuse hotline. So. This is a good illustration of the dangers of social media discipleship because what things like this do are they condense an enormous range of potential scenarios, an enormous range of people, an enormous range of maturity levels, an enormous range of different problems, different sin issues, and it all gets condensed into one little sound bite or visual bite, if you want to call it that. And then somebody can see that and latch onto it and think, oh, okay, I, I, am, I am being abused. I should call the domestic abuse hotline, right? Should they? Well, well, maybe. Certainly, there are plenty of abusive marriages. Certainly, there is no place for violence in a biblical marriage. We can agree with these things. There are plenty of women out there who need help, who need to know you're not a slave. You do have a, an outlet. You can talk to the pastors at your church. You can get help. The biblical doctrine of patriarchy doesn't mean sit down, shut up. That's not what the Bible says to wives. We don't say that about any other jurisdiction. We don't believe the government has just unlimited jurisdiction to do whatever. We don't believe that the pastor has unlimited jurisdiction to do whatever. Same is true of the husband, the father. Yes, he is in authority over the home. No, he is not in unqualified authority over the home. That's right. And so wives and children who are being abused do have a recourse they can talk to, and the biblical first step would be they can talk to church authority. That's where it should start. And then obviously if we're talking about life and death situations, calling the police is, is always an appropriate last resort. But I certainly wouldn't be posting out on Facebook a bunch of random scenarios all the way from violent scenarios to literally one of the bullet points was that your husband says that you are obligated to, that God wants you to fulfill his, his physical needs. Okay, well, the Bible says that. Amen. Now, 
your husband may be misapplying that. He may be overusing that text. He may be seeing it one-sidedly. The Bible doesn't give husbands the right to be a jerk. It's, it's equally scriptural that he is required to love and care for his wife and to consider her needs. So the Bible doesn't give him carte blanche to just demand all the time. At the same time, to take what is effectively almost a quote from scripture and put that on a list of things with other forms of, of actual violent abuse and conclude it all with call your domestic abuse hotline is very, very dangerous. So this drives, this really gets to the issue though of online discipleship. It's so easy for us to follow. And this happens on both sides of the spectrum. You can go to the patriarchy side. Are there people who abuse biblical doctrines of patriarchy? Absolutely. I have zero doubt that there are a bunch of jerk husbands out there who take what the Bible says and use it to abuse their families. They twist it, misapply it, and use it as license to be a tyrant in the home. And that is wrong, and it is perverted, and it needs to stop. It needs to be addressed. Right. There are also a myriad, I'm sure. In fact, I can look back in my own life and see ways in which I was. I mean, we're not talking on that extreme side of things, but ways where I was misapplying biblical doctrines of patriarchy. Because I was a new husband, and I'm that type A kind of guy. And so I'm, 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 I'm a husband now. I'm in charge of the home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rule the house. And, and I'm not... Was I being like a malicious, yay, I can, I can plot and scheme and rule this woman? <laughs> no. No, I wasn't. I needed to grow. And the Lord used marriage to grow me and her, and we've both matured. And I'm sure we'll do a whole lot more of that. But what would sure not have been helpful would have been for us to get caught up in some Facebook discussion that makes one of us the innocent victim and the other one's like this, this twisted evil person. That doesn't help anybody. Because in our situation, you had, as, as the Egg would say in love and respect, you had two good-willed people who were just needing to grow. That's marriage. Marriage is hard. You have to work through things and grow to get marriage is good. It's worth the work. But there are challenges that come up. So what is the biblical solution? Well, I just want to look at one verse. There are many verses we could look at, but... Hebrews 13, 17 is the one that I wanted to look at. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. The other one that comes readily to mind is, I believe it's Titus chapter 2, that talks about the older women discipling the younger women. The Bible presents to us a picture of involvement in the church, in the local church. Your pastor is supposed to watch over your souls. We are supposed to sharpen one another. We are supposed to encourage one another and build each other up. The older women are supposed to disciple the younger women. Well, why is this important? Because this is very different than finding a meme on Facebook. That's right. It's like, oh yeah, that's me. I guess I am being abused. I guess that is what my husband is or my wife is or, or what my kids are doing. I mean, this is just one example. The point is God wants the body to work together. We work together and then you've got people involved in your lives who can straighten you out and calm you down and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, take a deep breath, take a step back. Here's what you're seeing wrong. Here's what you're seeing wrong. Here's the communication problems. Maybe there is a sin issue. Maybe there is something that needs to be confronted and addressed. But you sure can't know that just because your husband sometimes says, well, God said you have to meet my needs. Does that make him an abusive pervert? 
No. He's literally quoting the Bible. Okay. So he could be misquoting the Bible or he could be really trying to talk to you about something that's an issue. Like you're, that's what the Bible says. Do you not see this? You know? And so that's why we have this local involvement where we have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers in the faith, pastors, teachers that we can go to and say, Hey, we need to talk. Can we talk? Can we just get all these issues out on the table and work things through? And so, so often there are communication issues. You know, when you have good-willed people who are trying to grow together, they need help working things through. They don't need this, these wild internet pendulums. And we see that. So you have the, the patriarchy movement, Doug Wilson type people. And I am sure there are people that abuse those doctrines. And I don't agree with everything Doug Wilson says. And sometimes he drives me crazy with the way he says what he says. At the same time, you have people on this side over here who say, look, they, they preach that husbands should abuse their wives. That's slander. I've read the guy's books. I've listened to the guy's sermons. I don't agree with everything he says. I can see how people could misapply what he says. But he, it's not there. You can't say that. That's just, that's just straight up slander. As the body of Christ, we need people who are concerned about the hurting and who stand up for the victims. And we need people who are strong on biblical doctrine and who will not compromise in the face of a victim-soaked, victimization-soaked culture. We need both of those. But we have to work together and grow together in unity rather than villainizing the people on the other side and just fighting. God calls us to unity and to peace. And that really can't happen very well on social media. It should inform how we interact on social media. We should work for that unity and for genuinely beneficial conversation instead of just, you know, they, they spell it P-W-N. I don't know if it's pronounced poning or owning, owning the libs, you know. I'm going to own the, the other side in the debate. I, I won the debate. I got more likes. Well, that's not the goal, right? The goal is the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's very difficult to do online. So we are called as the people of God to be together, to stay together, to work together, to communicate, to speak the truth in love. That's why we have a local church. We're called to be a body, and that means it requires a bunch of different people who see things a bunch of different ways. And we got to work through that in, in analogous ways to the way a marriage does. You see these kinds of things said about marriages. Oh, they just that's an abusive marriage. There needs to be so much more involvement and communication within that marriage and with counselors of that marriage. Well, the same thing is true of a church. We have to communicate with each other. We have to work together. If we're in this for the long haul, if we're in this to be a body, to be a fighting force, a squadron in the army of Christ, that's going to require work. That's going to require dealing with issues. But that's the way God designed it to be, and it is good. It is good and glorious. So don't pull up short. Don't go to Facebook for, and I'm not saying anybody here is, but it was just a good reminder for me of this. You can't, it's great to listen to John Piper sermons. That bring another, another one I saw going around on Facebook, this little write up about how I'm the best pastor you will, you will ever, you'll ever know. I'm better than John Piper. I'm better than John MacArthur. And this whole write up at the end, he's, he's saying, I may not, I may not have the rhetorical gifts they have. I may not be as, I may be clunky. I may be awkward but I'm your pastor. Point being, God put local pastors over local churches. There's no replacement. You can't, you can't listen to Desiring God podcasts 
and call that church. That's not church. It's wonderful. It's edifying. It's glorious. John Piper is one of my heroes. But he's not my pastor. He doesn't know me. I could pass him on the street. He would not recognize me. Not because he's an uncaring guy. Because he just doesn't know me. I'd love to talk to him. But at the end of the day, he's, he's a man of God that I respect, but he's not my pastor. God designed the body of Christ to be local bodies that work things out, that work for unity, balance each other out, and move forward more effectively because of it. So, don't go to the internet for your discipleship. You can go to the internet for discipleship supplements. But the real bread and butter of our discipleship and our growth needs to be in walking together as the body of Christ. Obviously, I'm not talking about study. I'm not saying if you want to study, you need to come to my house so we can study together. That's not, that's not the point. It's good to study online, good to study books. But God designed us to live in a body and work together as a body. And there's no replacement for that. And COVID has really put that to the test, that whole doctrine and worldview to the test. But it's clear. It's clear scripturally. You cannot have... You, in extreme circumstances, there may be people who really do shut-ins for, for health reasons or whatever. Then they need to find a way to be plugged into the body somehow. But as a general rule, virtual church, is, it's, not, it's not a biblical alternative. We have to be involved in each other's lives. That's the way God designed it to be.